welcome to the Brawl It Is Podcast with me, your host, the ever-excellent Josh Lewis. Now, as you know by now, I, I would hope so, it's episode 19 if, you're, if you've been listening this long, but if it's your first time listening, I'm the guy behind RawOtters.com. I am the uh, creator, the guy who writes everything, who takes most of the pictures and does all the videos, and yeah, I'm that guy. Uh, just to get everything off the top, if you want to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter, Raw Autos. If you want to follow on YouTube, Raw Autos. You want to go to the website, rawautos.com. <laughs> raw Autos, everything. If you type in Raw Autos, you'll find Raw Autos. So, yeah, uh, of course, share this podcast. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, and Podbean. And uh, yeah, I'm, I am tired. I am beat. Why? Because I spent four hours today taking pictures and making videos of a uh, new press car I have. Whew! It's been a it's just, it's just been a long, long day. Um, and of course, I've been using this car uh, for the past few days because I've been testing it, doing everything with it. Uh, so on Thursday, this past, uh, last Thursday, cause you're listening to this on Monday, um, June 1st. So last Thursday, uh, Lexus came and picked up the LS 500 H, which is the hybrid. It was $98,885 and they dropped off a 38,000 and some change, uh, Ford Mustang EcoBoost high-performance package convertible velocity blue black cloth interior and a six-speed manual yes yes so that's i rejoice in that because there are not a lot of manual cars in the press fleets um because sadly uh, I, i don't know how many journalists actually know how to drive manuals properly I know there are plenty of journalists that I know that know how to drive manual and they like driving manual or they prefer driving manual. Um, but there are also a lot of people in the press fleets that really don't know how to drive a manual. Um, well, I wouldn't say a lot cause I don't really know the number, but there are plenty. Um, and I've heard stories of people who claimed journalists who claimed to know how to drive a manual, got manual cars and, um, ruined clutches <laughs> in a short period of time in a, in a one week process of reviewing a car which is in- incredible incredible if you can ruin a clutch and you're not dumping it you're not doing burnouts you know and and uh which by the way I have seen people ruin a clutch by trying to do a burnout but they don't know how to do a burnout so they end up ruining the clutch uh that is always interesting to see uh, you, you feel really bad for the car, but you, you start to not really feel bad for the person who owns the car. <laughs> um, if that makes any sense, but, uh, yeah, so it's a big deal. If you get a manual car, um, I do know how to drive a manual, obviously. And, uh, I'm big into manuals, obviously. And, um, I have been told that some of the influencers in my uh, in, in the journalist market, uh, well, influencers aren't journalists, but 
I've been told that some of the influencers or plenty of the influencers don't know how to drive manuals. Um, and they either complain about it or they claim to know how and don't actually know how. So it's a big deal that I got a manual and I, I am enjoying it. I'm enjoying this Mustang EcoBoost. I've always liked the EcoBoost Mustangs. I think I, I, from day one, I thought it was a great idea. Uh, I don't have a problem with a Turbo 4 in a in a Mustang or a Camaro or any other car for that matter. Um, I you know, yes, of course I prefer a V8. Uh, I love I loved my 2015 Mustang GT, uh, which had the performance package. It was in guard. It had black uh, leather Recaros. It had Sync 2 or Sync 3. Sorry, uh, or no, was that Sync 2 in that car? Well. It was the not updated sync. So my 2017 GT350 has an updated sync. And then this EcoBoost actually has an even uh, more updated sync uh, system in it. And uh, yeah, so again, I love V8s. I love naturally aspirated cars. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with a Turbo 4 uh, or a Turbo 6 or even a V6 in a in a Mustang or again, a Camaro challenger charger, whatever. Um, I don't have an issue with it. I know plenty of people do. And uh, Oh my God, I posted, uh, I posted the, the pictures, some, just some, uh, simple pictures I took of the car on, um, on Facebook, on a, on a Mustang group that I belong to. Uh, and it's for the S550 chassis, which is the current Mustang chassis. And, uh, Oh my God. Basically, I just posted these pictures and said, Hey, got this EcoBoost. You know, Ford sent me this EcoBoost uh, high performance package. You know, ask me anything. And holy hell, <laughs> it went it went crazy. I mean, people were, they were calling me, you know, uh, names of the homosexual nature uh, using slurs. Uh, and it was. Uh, it was rather interesting. I mean, some people were very interested to know about the car or they were like, hey, cool car. You know, some people, of course, were like, you know, well, you know, you didn't have to buy an EcoBoost to come out of the closet. Um, it, just things like that. Kind of kind of dumb things. Um, and uh, it, it, it's weird because I, I don't I don't get the whole, you know, anti anything, not a V8, you know, type of thing uh, for for you know, pony cars, muscle cars, whatever, because I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal, honestly. Um, and I, I think it's, I think it's quite crazy that anybody would care that much, you know? Uh, but you know, whatever. Uh, I know there are a ton of people that, that just really are so obsessed. And again, I do love the V8s. I mean, I've had a GT, uh, I had a bullet Mustang years ago back in 08, and then I've got my GT350. Of course, I love, you know, a uh, a Mustang with a V8 in it. I had a V8 in my uh, 2009 M3 E90 M3, uh, but I had a flat six in my 911. I've you know, I've had four cylinders. I've had six cylinders. I've had eight cylinders. Uh, I guess that means I've got to go buy a 10 and a 12 cylinder to kind of make it even, uh, and a five cylinder. But, but, uh, yeah, so I, I thought it was kind of interesting and I, I don't understand the, the, the hate slash counterculture. Um, maybe you guys can, maybe somebody out there can explain it to me why it's so important that it has to be a V8. Um, but you know, it, it, it is weird 
driving this car. It is about 38,000. Uh, it's a little over 38,000. And I had my 2015 Mustang GT, uh, with, again, with performance package, uh, for four years, well, better part of th- four years. It was three, eight, three years and eight months to be exact. Um, and I sold it to my brother, um, and he sold it to a family friend of ours. That family friend about, oh man, four months ago, maybe at this point, uh, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, he was, um, almost T-boned. Uh, basically he hit the brakes at the last second. Uh, and instead of hitting, impacting the door, the driver door, uh, he, the, um, the person who hit him hit right between the, uh, wheel and the door. So right in that area, uh, basically essentially where his feet would have been, um, walked away from the accident, uh, him and his lady friend that were, that was in the car with him. Um, accident was quite bad, uh, but both walked away without injuries. Um, the only thing that happened to my friend was that, um, he had a burn mark on his wrist from the airbag and then just a slight bruise on his shoulder slash collarbone from the seatbelt. Uh, but other than that, perfectly fine. No other issues, which is remarkable. Uh, the car hit him at 60 miles an hour. Uh, and that's, it, it is also a testament. Brian Max talked about this, uh, recently in a podcast, uh, on the Rodos podcast that, uh, that good brakes are a, uh, a safety feature. Good, strong brakes can save a life. Uh, I, I have seen it and I have lived it, um, where you see cars coming through an intersection and if you can get to the brakes in time and if your brakes are good, it, it can 100% have a major impact on not having an accident. So brakes are important. Um, the brakes on the Mustang on the GT were not stock at that point. Um, the stock brakes were fantastic. Uh, re- really good for street use. Um, and, uh, um, they were upgraded brakes cause my brother, when he got it from me, he upgraded the brakes, um, to uh, slotted, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, drilled and vented rotors, uh, versus the, uh, the standard, um, non-drilled or slotted rotors. And then this EcoBoost, it's, it's kind of funny that, um, uh, I, I've been driving around as 330 horsepower, 350 pound feet of torque. It essentially, it has the engine from the Focus RS slightly detuned, obviously 20 fewer horsepower. Uh, they had to kind of, you know, make it fit, uh, in this car and it has four exhaust pipes coming out the back. Uh, it, it sounds good. It's meaty. It's throaty. It's obviously not, you know, a V8. Uh, you can hear that, but it sounds like a hot hatch and drives like a Mustang. So it's, it's really, really a nice car. It's comfortable. So the high performance package means that you get the, it comes in Cooper convertible, uh, with the six speed manual or the 10 speed automatic comes with the, the high performance package comes with the, uh, um, 330 horsepower, 350 pound feet of torque, the, uh, active exhaust system, uh, which is kind of nice. Uh, you can definitely hear it when you're really, really hammering on it. And, uh, now this car again is a six speed manual has black cloth. I, I personally would go away from the cloth only because it, uh, it collects, uh, dog hair, cat hair, whatever that's on your clothes, uh, 
is is on the seats, and that's a pain in the ass. And I'm not much of a convertible guy, but I really like this car as a convertible. It's very nice. It's well sprung. It's comfortable. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, rigidity issues or or body flex. Um, it, it it's very nice actually. It's it's well composed. Now with the coupe, you can get a separate handling package. Uh, so these cars come standard. The high performance package comes standard with the performance pack, the performance handling pack from the EcoBoost. Um, and then if you step up to the extra handling package on the EcoBoost uh, HPP Coupe, uh, you will get uh, 265 tires all around, 19 inch tires. Whereas my car, the stock car, has uh, 255. Uh, millimeter tires all around with 19 inch wheels um, but it does have upgraded brakes and with the coupe with the handling package you do get uh, magna ride uh, so obviously it'll be uh, a little bit more compliant a little bit more comfortable and, and well maybe a little bit more comfortable but uh, definitely uh, a much more solid drive I understand why they didn't put it in the convertible um, main, mainly because I feel like it would be a little bit too harshly sprung with the convertible because of course you're adding weight um and with the top down you'd probably hear it uh kind of um you'd hear the suspension working harder and you would probably hit some bumps and you know with that added weight and uh frame rigidity loss i mean convertibles are always going to have for the most part not all of them um some of the convertibles these days in the supercar and hypercar world it, it doesn't really make a whole hell of a lot of difference because they're designed as uh, to have the roof basically be able to come off or um, removed in any way. Uh, just like the Porsche Carrera GT. They didn't make it as a coupe. They just made it as a, as a target top. And that car is one of the most rigid frames ever built. You know, same with the 918. Uh, so, yeah. And, of course, the McLarens and the Ferraris now with their... Uh, hard top convertible Targa style uh, hard top convertibles they won't have a lot of frame rigidity uh, issues either so it is surprising that this car which has a you know a folding cloth roof it doesn't really feel like it's it's losing much obviously it's gaining a little bit of weight but I, I don't know I, I don't really feel like it's a it's a it's a bad compromise I really don't um and again, I'm not a convertible guy, but this car has, it, it's kind of won me over, really has. Uh, it's won my wife over too. She loves it. We've taken it for some night drives and it's, it's, it's a really, really hell of a good car to drive. But what I've learned, what I've realized is that this car weighs, I think, what, 30 pounds more, 40 pounds more. Then my 2015 Mustang GT, which had 435 horsepower, 400 pound-feet of torque, stock. Uh, and this car has, you know, 105 fewer horsepower, 50 fewer pound-feet of torque, weighs about 44 uh, more pounds, or pounds more, I should say. And I honestly think it would be close to a dead heat. If you were going coupe to coupe, manual for manual, I really think the EcoBoost high performance package really would be either right next to or just barely losing. I think at most, you know, 
perfect launches, perfect drivers, uh, both cars, right? I think this car is going to be, if it's not, you know, uh, nose to nose, I think it's going to be the EcoBoost, you know, front wheels at the door of the, uh, uh, of the GT for the 2015, at least, obviously the new one is quite a bit faster. Uh, the 2018 to current is, is quite a bit quicker because it has more horsepower and torque and everything and, and, uh, tweaked motor and, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Fewer horsepower, fewer torque, a little bit more weight. And I feel like it's pretty dead even, especially getting on the highway. Um, now I don't feel the GT. I felt, you know, there was when you were getting on the highway, third gear, absolutely stomped on it. You, you know, pushed your head back in a nice way. Um, and you, you felt that sudden urge, right? It, it was going like stink this, it goes like stink, but I don't, I don't necessarily feel as much of that, uh, power and torque in my chest, you know, pushing me back. Um, but I just from a, um, from knowing how the GT drives and knowing, and of course driving this, they really third gear getting on the highway. They really, really feel about the same. That's remarkable to me. Uh, I can't believe it. And again, it sounds like a hot hatch. It sounds like a focus RS. So when you're driving it around town with the top down, especially, or driving it on the highway or getting on it, uh, whether you be on some back roads or whatever, it sounds like a focus RS. It sounds like a hot hatch, a turbo four hot hatch, but then it drives like a rear wheel drive Mustang. And that's fantastic. So if you've been keeping track, that means that uh, I've had four cars over the last four weeks to review. Uh, the first one that I had was obviously four weeks ago <laughs> was the, uh, uh, 2020 Toyota RAV4 TRD, um, which came in at what? $40,000. Yikes. A lot of money, but a good vehicle. Uh, I, I definitely, the review will be up on raw autos soon. Uh, I think it'll be up this week. I think I'll have that ready for this week. Uh, but, uh, we'll definitely obviously let you know on the next podcast, which is, uh, the Monday following this one, uh, which is June 8th. Uh, I finally had my calendar up and, uh, obviously you just heard me click and close it. <laughs> and then, uh, after the, uh, after the, uh, uh, the, uh, TRD, geez, if I can get it out, uh, I had the Mazda CX-30 all-wheel drive, uh, fully loaded. Uh, that one was about 30,000. Wonderful car. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, but it just proved one thing to me. If you're going to buy a Mazda CX-30, do not. Just go buy a Mazda 3 hatchback. <laughs> it was basically, and I mean, the CX-30 is, is fantastic. You, If you absolutely have to buy a quote unquote crossover of sorts, uh, CX 30 will definitely, uh, set your pants on fire because it's w- just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful car. Uh, so luxurious and absolutely punches above its weight when it comes to, uh, luxuriousness and ride quality and just doing things that, uh, German brands, uh, Japanese brands, Korean brands, uh, and of course, I mean, you know, uh, Genesis, Lexus, uh, Infinity, BMW, Mercedes, Audi, 
what those brands accomplish in terms of luxuriousness and for uh, coddling the driver and the passengers. The CX-30 absolutely does that for $30,000 and it's ridiculous uh, how good it is. Again, that review will be up soon. I will keep you posted. And of course, with all these cars, there will be a specific review for the listeners here. So I've got a uh, text review, video review, and an audio review. And then uh, right after that, I had the uh, Lexus LS500 hybrid that I told you about. Um, One of the most comfortable cars I've ever been inside of. Uh, Absolutely brilliant in terms of what Lexus can accomplish for, even though it was $98,885, a lot of money. But I've driven, my mom has a 2019 750i BMW M Sport. Great car, very comfortable, very luxurious. But the weird thing is uh, recently, uh, actually just a few days ago, I had to drive my mother two hours away, okay? Now, I wore a mask the whole time in the car, which was a, an absolute pain. It sucks. Um, and then I drove two hours back to my home because here was the problem. So I drove my mother two hours away. Um, and I realized when I got down uh, to where I was, where I needed to be, I pulled out of my pocket the key to the Lexus LS hybrid that they were coming to pick up the following morning and I went oh my god what the hell and I was so angry with myself because I don't do that I am very good about leaving the keys but the reason why is because with all of these cars now we have no contact deliveries so they literally just drop it off in my driveway leave the keys somewhere uh, that's pre-designated uh, via text. Let me know when they've dropped off the car so that way I can, you know, jump out and get the keys and come back inside, right? Same thing happens. And I w- meant to give the keys to my wife. Well, and also they um, they clean the car. They sanitize the car, right? And so when I give it back, I sanitize it for them, right? So I all the touch points, especially... I, you know, wipe down everything, I clean everything. Um, but also it, it helps if, you know, like I was leaving Wednesday afternoon and I didn't drive the car at all Wednesday. So I had been in the car Tuesday, but I didn't drive it at all Wednesday because of the coronavirus. Um, one of the things we think we know, and by we, I mean, my research for, you know, uh, of people actually doing the research the professionals, the experts actually doing this research. So far, they believe that the coronavirus isn't necessarily living on a surface for more than a day, possibly two at most, depending on the surface, right? So there's lots of leather surfaces and um, and in the case of the Lexus, beautiful suede, uh, of course, plastics in some cars and whatnot, right? So I try and make sure that I don't drive it at all. Um, the day before they come to pick it up. Uh, Basically what I'll do is I will clean it inside and out with any touch points that somebody will be driving, uh, will be using on the car. I mean, even to the point of like hood latch, you know, because I've opened the hood to take pictures or videos and I clean inside of the, you know, the actual latch points and everything that I've touched uh, in there as well. And that Wednesday when I was about to leave, 
I had cleaned the car inside and out. Um, my mom was actually sitting in her car in her BMW uh, waiting for me. I just wanted to clean it out real quick. And, uh, and I was going to give the keys to my wife and kiss her goodbye, blah, blah, blah. Well, I got a text message from a friend asking if he could borrow my weed whacker because his blew up. His basically couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. No problem. Um, I was letting him know, like, yeah, of course, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, come to the, you know, just come to the house. I left it uh, for him outside the house and he could, you know, come pick it up. So, yeah, so I, I clean the car, uh, leave the weed whacker outside, get in, um, you know, because of that, I go inside my house, get my backpack, go out to my car or my mom's car, sorry, get in the car, put my mask on or put my mask on, get in the car. Jeez, I'm all over the place. Sorry. And uh, drive, proceed to drive down to the beach two hours, right? Uh, get down to the beach, realize that, oh my God, pull these keys out of my pocket. Wait, these aren't my car keys. It's Lexus car keys. <laughs> Jump back into the car. Drive back two hours to my house. Get home around midnight. Go to sleep. Um, get back into, wake up. And I do not like waking up early. Not that I wake up super early, but I woke up around 7.15, 7.30. Get in the shower, drive back down, leave about 8.30, drive back down two hours, right? So I'd been in a car at this point six hours in less than 24 hours. And I just came to the conclusion, I liked the Lexus better. I thought it was more comfortable. I thought it was easier to drive. The BMW is, is wonderful, don't get me wrong. And it's an M Sport, so it... it Compared to a regular, you know, non-sport package or non-M-sport package car, I'm sure that's a more, you know, a better riding car. The BMW is great if you have some back roads near you. But if you're doing a lot of highway driving, like I did for that six hours, the Lexus is better. At least that, at least the, you know, the hybrid was. Uh, I'm going to request to see if I can get a, a Lexus LS500 F-Sport. Really curious how that drives, uh, especially now. But $98,885, a lot of money. Uh, now, the the 7 Series my mom has, she bought it in 2019, brand new. It was more expensive sticker-wise. Uh, I think it was like mm, somewhere between 113 and 118 I can't remember. Um, I know that my parents didn't pay that, but still, regardless of that, the Lexus for the money... Is a, is a very good value, very strong luxury value, right? So that, that's a that's a big win for the Lexus. Um, and I came to that conclusion because one night I decided, you know what? I'm just going to drive the Lexus as much as I can this one day. Got in it, put about 100 miles on it, you know, over, you know, however long I was in it. I can't remember. And just drove it everywhere. Highways, back roads, all over the place. And I, I really, I, I wanted to do everything the same. So I wanted to be in sport, comfort, normal, eco. So I was taking the same back roads in each one of those modes. I was taking the same highways in each one of those modes. So that helped me really come to the conclusion of what I did and didn't like. Because I was driving the same roads um, in each one of the, the settings of the vehicle. One of the things that I thought was very interesting in the BMW with the driver assist aids on, you know, lane keep assist, 
um, and then uh, uh, the uh, radar guided cruise control. Um, those features I feel in the BMW fight you. They try and take over. In the Lexus, I felt like they were accompanying you. They were uh, working with you. They were proactive, preemptive even. The, again, the BMW, I feel, fights you. You, you, you have to work to, to, to control it a little bit more, which is fine. I like that in a sports car. But in a luxury car, not so much. Now, probably the most interesting thing about the Lexus LS500H was driving this one back road. Uh, it started it in eco mode, uh, just driving around. It's a 45 mile of a road. There's this one corner that I like to put all my cars on, whether it be a press car or a personal car, or whatever. It's not a difficult corner, uh, but it is a corner that will catch you out if you're not paying attention, if you don't know what you're doing. But I've driven this corner a thousand times at this point. I have my 10,000 hours on this one corner. <laughs> and uh, it's a, it's a right-hander. It's not too difficult, but you have to drop about 10 miles an hour off your speed or five miles an hour or so. Uh, you gotta, you should preload the suspension. You should preload the suspension for every corner. Uh, but for this one, it makes a little bit, it makes, you know, quite a bit of sense. That's a nice little corner. Um, and basically there's a pond off to the side. It's very, you know, it's a beautiful little corner. And uh, it's not a tight right-hander, but I would say on a scale of 1 to 10, it's probably a, you know, a 5 or a 6, right? Um, so I took the Lexus on this corner. It was in eco mode again. And I noticed that uh, before I got to the corner, I hadn't taken my foot off the throttle, hadn't changed speed, hadn't gone to hit the brakes. Nothing. And the car downshifted before I got to the corner. The car knew the corner was coming up. And it proactively downshifted before I reacted to do anything else. That's when I realized I really liked this car. <laughs> it downshifted without me doing anything. It, it, was, it was smart. It knew what to do. It knew where to keep the power and the torque, you know, going up to this corner, going around the corner. So I thought that, I thought that was really brilliant. I thought that was really cool. Um, now many cars do this, but usually it's when you take your foot off the throttle or start to push on the brake. The Lexus did this without any of that. So again, I like the Lexus. I prefer it over the BMW and it also had uh, uh, con a control button in the back seat so that you could put the front passenger seat up. You could pull it back, you could put it forward, put it all the way up, put it all the way back, whatever you want to do as the, as the rear passenger. Thought that was pretty nice for a sub $100,000 car. I thought the back seat was comfy, but I thought it could be a little bit more comfy. Um, but yeah, yeah. So Lexus, good car. I think, you know, there are a few things they could tweak. Um, 
Definitely not great for tall passengers in the front or the rear. I'm only 5'10", so, you know, not a big deal. <laughs> I'll, I'll fit pretty much anywhere. A Miata is comfortable to me. So, yeah. So that's, you know, those are the four press cars I've had over the past few weeks. I don't know if I'm getting anything this week or not uh, when they come pick up the car on Thursday. Uh, I doubt it. Um, I know they like to try and drop off three or four in a row. Uh, let me, you know, get caught up in my reviews and then send me a few more, right? So that we're not, they're not overloading me. Uh, because in the past, I've had a tendency to take way too long to review cars. And I'm trying not to do that anymore. I'm trying to really get things done within, you know, a, a two to three weeks of, uh, of having a car. So this week, uh, I will be working very hard on at least two reviews. So, uh, which would be the uh, Toyota and then the Mazda. So, whew, yeah. So, I, you know, even during this pandemic, I feel like I've been, I honestly feel like during the pandemic, I've been busier than, I, than I've been in a long time. But maybe that's because I wanted to be busier. I wanted to be busier, so I, I, I took steps. Obviously, I started the podcast, and, you know, I'm doing all this, and, you know, I'm texting with people, calling with people, emailing with people, trying to get people, you know, new guests and everything on the show, which I have some uh, great guests lined up soon, uh, but I haven't recorded them yet, so I'm not going to tell you who they are until I actually record them. Um, but, yeah, it's... I'm busy as hell. <laughs> I am. Uh, I like to listen to Howard Stern every day, and I haven't had a whole lot of time to listen to Howard Stern every day. Uh, that's been a pain in my ass. Um, but yeah, I, I. But the last thing I want to talk about tonight, or tonight, geez, sorry. I always record the show <laughs> like the the night before it actually airs. Why? Because I'm extremely lazy. Um, but it mainly has to do with the fact that. I don't want anything to happen in my life that I can't tell you about. Like if something happens to me, if I record the podcast on Friday and I put it live on Monday, but something great, bad, insane, or amazing happens on Saturday and Sunday, I, I, I want to tell you about it. And I don't want to just come up here and record that one little bit. And then I, I want to make it seamless, you know? So anyway, so the last thing as Pretty much everybody listening knows I have a GT350. It's 2017. I love my car a lot. Enjoy it a lot. Really, really do. Um, but after 2021 or 2020, sorry, after this year, Ford will no longer be making the GT350 or the GT350R. Wow, wow. But coming in 2021, will be what Ford say is the pinnacle of style and handling of the five liter V eight for the Mustang. And that will be the Mach one. So I think this upcoming week they will be debuting it. Uh, it's going to be amazing, obviously, uh, but it's supposed to be taking the place of the GT three fifty. I don't know how much of a performance car it'll be compared to the GT three fifty, I would imagine, obviously, it has to be faster and better than the Performance Package 2 Mustang GT. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a limited edition car, a limited production car. 
I hope it only comes in manual, but I have a feeling it will also come with a 10-speed automatic. Not that that is a bad thing, or as I should say, not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, but of course, I would prefer the manual. But it, it brings me to a topic of discussion. I was talking to Brian Max on Instagram about this. I was mentioning about how I was curious to see the performance, how it would stack up against my Shelby. And he said, probably the same or better, right? That's obviously a little disheartening for me, <laughs> but uh, I, you know, I'm sure the Mach 1 will be amazing and I'll love to drive it. And who knows, maybe I'll own one. I don't know. But this brought me to an interesting, interesting thought. And it's, it's, it's a thought I've had for years, forever, right? It's, it's nothing new. But Ford say this will be a limited production car. This will probably cost eh, about what a C7 Corvette costs, right? C7 Corvette, uh, uh, basically General Motors have said, I don't know if they've officially said it, but I know that it's been, it's been floating, that the 2021 Corvette will stay at the base price of $59,995. It will not cross the $60,000 mark for the base car. Wonderful. I mean, talk about accessible, right? But again, this Mach 1 will probably be close to the same price of a base Corvette. And that will bring about arguments. Well, why would you buy the Mustang when you can buy the Corvette for the same amount of money? But here's the thing. The Mustang with options is probably still going to be a lot less than the Corvette with options. And the Mustang is going to come as a performance car out of the gate. Whereas the C8 Corvette, as, as is the case with any Corvette, and as is the case with a Mustang GT or a, uh, or a Camaro SS, they're fast, stock, and standard without any sports package or without any performance package or whatever. But I don't know if any of you have driven a C7 Corvette without the Z51 package. It's not good. Doesn't drive well. Doesn't handle well. The brakes are, are, are not good. Has a lot of power. Has a lot of torque. But I feel like it's it's a sub standard car. It's it's not it's not good enough in my opinion. Now I haven't driven the C8 Corvette, and I haven't driven a standard C8 Corvette or a Z51 package C8 Corvette. My dad has one on order; should be here soon. Obviously, it wasn't <laughs> because of the pandemic. Uh, but his neighbor did get his C8 Corvette a couple of weeks ago, or about a month or so ago. Um. And so it, it's, it's something that I've always said. And I, I, I've been saying this since I was in high school. Why? Why the base car? I'm tired of seeing people roll around in Corvettes that are the base car. I, I'm so tired of the market being saturated with these base cars that end up hurting the value and the um, just the the obtainium 
of these cars. Now, I don't care that people can get them easily. I don't begrudge anybody for buying anything. If you want to spend your money on, you know, a, a Camry and put $90,000 into it, that's your money. That doesn't mean I'm not going to go, what? But that's your money. That's your prerogative. Do what you want. I don't care. But I, I'm just, I, I get frustrated because it's like, yes, a base Corvette costs $60,000. But when you start adding Z51, you know, the, um, you start adding, you know, this package and that package, it's $90,000 or $100,000 like, like that. So these base cars are just there for the people that are like, I got a Corvette. Yes, but you got a Corvette that shouldn't have existed. The Corvette should not come without a Z51 package. Plain and simple. If you are not buying, and that's the thing. Years ago when you bought the Z51, you either got Z51 or the FE3 suspension. FE3 was comfortable. Z51 was hard riding, but it had better brakes and blah, blah, blah. The FE3 was supposed to be, you know, the, the Cadillac of sports cars. <laughs> but now with magnetic ride, you know, these amazing shocks and suspension systems that, that car companies are able to have developed and develop uh, for their cars, packaged into their cars, a, a, a sport package, a, a sport suspension is not what it used to be 10, 15, 20 years ago. Sports cars ride extremely well. Almost to the point of being ridiculous. Like, how do they do it? You know, in the words of the Joker, where does he get those wonderful toys? That makes no sense for what I'm talking about. But I'm saying it anyway, because I love the movie Batman. And I love Batman as a comic book character. He's one of my favorites. Uh, my top three favorites. Probably is actually my favorite comic book character. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't think that a Corvette should come without a Z51 package. Just like I don't think a Mustang GT should come without a performance package. It shouldn't come without brakes from a performance package. You buy a car that has performance, you should have everything that makes it that much of a performance car. Stock, standard, base. It's like Jeremy Clarkson said when he was reviewing the E46 M3 CSL. There was an M button to make it more sporty. Well, it's actually a sport button. It, you know, it, those cars used to have sport buttons. Now they have M buttons. Uh, but he said, why? Why isn't it just sporty, more sporty all the time? And in a car like that, it's an M3 CSL. It should be just 100% balls to the wall, sporty, 24-7. You should get in that car knowing that there is a chance that it will be way crazier than you expect at all times. It's what makes cars like that supercars, right? A Corvette shouldn't come without a Z51 suspension package. Shouldn't come with the absolute best 
sport package that they can provide. Base. So if that means the car has to cost 70000 why not? I get it for appearances. Oh, it's 60000 Oh, you know. But the average sale price of these cars is going to be like eighty five grand. It's not going to be 60000 or sixty-five dollars or $67,000. The average MSRP of a C8 Corvette, and they're supposed to make upwards of 20000 of them this year for a 2020 model year. There's no way that the average cost will be under 80,000 and it'll probably be 85. My dad and I had this discussion when he was uh, ordering his, when he was putting in the bid for, or not the bid, <laughs> like he's bidding on it. I'll give you 73. Um, no, when he was doing the order forms for his, he didn't know the price, but he was checking every box. He's like, tick, 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 tick. I'll take this, 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 and that, you know, <laughs> don't mind if I do, don't mind if I do. Yeah. And then the, the the price came out. I think he, with all his options, with all of his options, he was quoted like, I think it was like ninety eight or one hundred and two thousand something like that. And we had this discussion. He was ticking all these boxes, and I'm like, Dad, you're gonna have a hundred thousand dollar Corvette. No, no, this thing won't be any more than eighty or eighty five thousand with all these options. Well, a couple weeks later. Guess who was right? <laughs> now he'll tell you that he knew it would get to that price. But what he's saying is he knew that it would get to that price. He didn't realize, holy shit, the car he was about to order was going to get to that price. <laughs> but that's the that's the thing. I'm telling you. These cars are not cheap. And they shouldn't be. They don't have to be. But to say, oh, I bought a Corvette and I bought the absolute base model. I'm sorry, but when I see a 40-year-old guy get out of a base model Corvette getting some ice cream, I judge the shit out of him. I'm sorry, I do. I know that I'm a dick for saying it. But I also know that when I get out of my Shelby... And I'm chubby as hell and I'm rolling out of it to go get some ice cream. People were judging the hell out of me too. And you know what? Good for them. Let them. I deserve it. Not worried about it. So, yeah. The the argument that I make is that these cars shouldn't be base cars without having all of the sport options already on it. 100%. Plain and simple. If you want to delete a spoiler, add a spoiler, whatever wing or, you know, lip or whatever, fine. Knock your socks off. But when it comes to the best possible brakes, best possible suspension, best possible handling, 100% it should not be that the base car should not have the best of those three things. Or does that make sense? Let's see. The base car should not, sorry, the base car shouldn't not have those things. That sounds a little bit better. I think, I don't know. I'm rubbing my beard right now thinking, <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> you know exactly what I'm trying to say. If you were buying a base Corvette and it doesn't have the best suspension, the best brakes, best handling, 
you are buying the wrong car. If you're going to spend $60,000 and you just want the badge, oh man, there's nothing that annoys me more. Drives me crazy that people badge hunt. Stop it. I know a girl who got a brand new, she bought herself a brand new Hyundai Sonata. And I, I had just been to, uh, where was I? I think it was in Tennessee. Yeah, I was in, uh, I was in, um, uh, not Nashville, but, uh, um, oh crap. Anyway, but I was in Tennessee. <laughs> I was in Tennessee reviewing the new Hyundai Sonata, uh, when, when not this body style, but the, the previous body style came out. I was in, it was in 2014 and I think it was a 2015 model year car. Right. And came back and I don't know, like six, eight months later, uh, she, she went, this girl I knew went and bought one and I was like, wow, great car. Congratulations. Really, really good car. I mean, she spent like $30,000 on a car that had options and features that would make, uh, a BMW three series at 40,000 blush. And I was like, y- you pick great. This is, this is an excellent car. Great trunk space, you know, very, very nice driving car, a lot of room inside, a lot of technology. And she looks at me and goes, well, I mean, you know, it's not a BMW or an Audi. It's like, well, so why would you even want one of those cars? If you're spending $30,000 and you have the ability to get a brand new car that has literally everything you'll need, every safety feature, a great warranty, excellent fuel mileage. Why does it have to have a special badge on it? That's crazy, right? That's insane. But anyway, I digress. With that, I'm going to I'm going to, you know, kind of bring this to a close. You've been listening to me long enough and I feel bad. I hope you're having a great day by the way. Um I just want to just want to let you in on some uh, beautiful things happening. Uh, just remember to please rate the Raw Autos podcast in Google and Apple and Stitcher and Spotify and Podbean and all these other things, right? So if you could do that, I would really appreciate it. Five stars, hopefully. But I'm not going to ask because you know what? That's your business. You can do whatever you want. You can tell me I absolutely suck. Remember, you can always email me, josh at to yell at me. Tell me I'm the worst. Ask me a question. Tell me to... Uh, uh, stop recording podcasts, whatever, whatever, say whatever. Uh, but I just want to say a gentleman named Bob, uh, left a, a comment, a review on, uh, uh, Apple podcasts for the raw his podcast gave me five stars. Thank you, Bob. I really appreciate that. And he said, I thought this was hilarious. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to this podcast. My wife, however, thinks the host has a great voice that is going to waste talking about cars. Well, Bob's wife, I probably wouldn't disagree with you, (laughs) but that's only because I appreciate the compliment and I just want to have my ego rubbed and scratched. So thank you very much to Bob and his wife. Uh, so Bob, thank you for listening. Uh, the wife, thank you for enjoying the voice. Um, if there's anything special you want from me, I, uh, I do birthday 
wishes and requests. So Josh at Um, anyway, I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I just realized at the top of the, at the top of the show, I didn't say that this was the 19th episode, but 19 episodes. Wow. Can you believe it? Yeah. Pretty crazy, but I'm going to end this because I want you to have a great day and I want you to get started on having a great day. I hope you're still being safe. I hope with everything going on in the world, it's not getting you down too much. Just remember that we can all get through this together, no matter what it is. No matter what's going on, we can all work together to better this world, make it a better place, and be better together, stronger together, right? Always remember that. And as always, every Monday morning when you wake up, Put some of that freeze-dried Folgers in your good old-fashioned coffee cup and listen to the Rawlers podcast. And of course, happy motoring.